0: Hello, everybody, and thank you again, Janet Lee. Wow, songs you like, I like, too. And those were just the way I liked them played. And ladies and gentlemen, here we go again. We're into the book, The Seven Thunders Before Genesis. This will be part two. And uh, we're going to be into some very interesting things tonight. And perhaps it will seem like uh, we're not getting very far through the pages of the book. But there's a lot of density here, spiritual density, and we don't want to miss any of it. And we're going to spend some time on the subject of the third eye. And, uh, you know, uh, Jesus talked about eyes, and he talked about uh, that people that had the single eye vision, that they were the people that were spiritual. They were the people that... Uh, saw revelations and understood things from God. But uh, people that uh, were in dual vision, uh, they were not into the revelation of these things of God. So how do you get a single eye when you've got two eyes? Well, the third eye is a spiritual eye. And so um, it is a mini-focused type of eye. And uh, it has capabilities of focusing on different kinds of levels, and it can focus on spiritual things. It can focus on physical things. Uh, it is not limited. Uh, it it can be uh, you know the small or the large. Uh, it has all capabilities. The thing that is the most beautiful, I think, about the third eye, is the capability it gives a person to see things that heretofore were invisible, they just weren't transparent, or to see things that were so deep that when you read or studied on the subject, your mind just passed over it because the deep was so deep that you didn't see down into it. But now the third eye changes all of that. It, it opens up the treasures of the deep, and it causes you to come into a, a an insight of things that you would just not normally ever come into. So, bless the name of God, the third eye is a big subject. We're going to start on page 17 of the First Thunders book, so turn there with me, and we'll be reading scriptures, we'll be talking on a lot of interesting things. I'll be repeating some of my reading, uh, but, you know, this is a a big subject, so we we need to know it. I'm reading first, right at the top, the story of the Joshua stone. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, or Yahshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. Zechariah 3, verse 9. We talked about this a little bit last week, but it is actually an incredible statement made in the Bible. There is one stone, there are seven eyes. Now, if we think in terms of that stone as being like the rock of ages, and then we think of those uh, seven, uh, you know, eyes, as we like to call them, uh, you know, as being, um, you know, servants of the Rock of Ages, as being uh, friends of the Rock of Ages, as being the the progeny of the Rock of Ages, then we see that, you know, they are surrounded and in the company of that Shekinah presence, and uh, they are so internetted into that presence that uh, they are enveloped by it, and they become one, one with the stone. So that the stone and the seven eyes become one in that sense, just like the Bible, uh, you know, uh, teaches us that we can become one in Jesus Christ. And um, uh, these things are. Uh, all meant for us to understand that in the, the fruitfulness of God's way of saying things, there is a variety of fruit that is not limited. Uh, you know, it's like the tree of life. There's different kinds of fruit on it, uh, and uh, even the leaves have healing for the nations. Then it reads, I met a man not of this world now that subject is going to come up more and more as we tread along the journey of this path into the mysteries of God because we know that for instance Melchizedek he had no genetics that belonged to this world and uh, neither mother nor father nor any family genetics uh, because he belonged to that group that in the Gospel of John Jesus said Uh, was called other sheep he said other sheep I have that are not of this fold and these other sheep of course are What we call in the manifest revelation? the sons or the progeny of Enoch now the progeny of Enoch is Lives not on this planet unless they're here on a mission and they live on another planet which in the book of of John is described as being being the father's house and the father's house is uh mentioned in the 14th chapter of the of the book of uh St John and uh it is as you can see a place because he says if you know i go to to my father's house uh it has many mansions uh, if it were not so, I would tell you, I go to prepare a place for you. It is a place. It is a physical place. And it is not like the first domain, which is the heaven of heavens, which is a total spiritual realm. This is a place called the Father's house. It is a mansion. And um, we refer to it sometimes as the orange planet. Interestingly, in these last few days, there has been the most sensational and beautiful things happening. Uh, there is such a, a, such an entirety of interest that is swelling uh, from different different vantage points. Uh, people that are experiencing things that are feeling things that are thinking new kinds of thought that they never thought before, that are feeling new kinds of inspiration they never felt before, that are in touch by the Spirit in a way they have never been in touch by the Spirit before. And out of that is coming some gorgeous unctions and beautiful kinds of sayings and, 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 and relationships of conversation. That That are just exciting, people are having dreams people are having vi- having visions we are We are just about uh, in a matter of days ready to launch uh the new book and uh it is the Pearls of Writ. The Pearls of Writ is a combination of uh, of paintings by Razzulli, uh a a famous and incredible artist. Who just doesn't even know what he's going to paint? He just picks up his brush when he feels moved on by the spirit and begins to paint, and and then the words of the Manifestor Yada, uh, in regards to you know to the love of God and and etc. along that line, and it is somehow a duel of of flaming orange fire. Uh, it 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 catches the wind like it is breathing it 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 songs uh with the birds it uh flies with the chariots of the gods it um, is spectacular in the sense that uh it is in constant of demonstration by the the writings and by the artistic works of things that are not. Of this world and so when we talk about you know not of this world there is so much Bible for that you know and Jesus said um, if I was of this world then my servants would fight that I should not be arrested or imprisoned but I am NOT from this world I am NOT of this world you know so he explained that he was not and we have Melchizedek. We have Jesus. Uh, we have many, many other examples. We have now Gabriel. You know, a man not of this world. Uh, he is the archangel of the cherubims. He actually is from another universe, an entirely different universe, and entirely different uh, time of, of um, anteriography. So it is very, very uh, beautiful as we begin to get into little thoughts like that, a man not of this world. Now, let's go on. Indeed, so many visions live within the residence of his mind. There is a place that you reach in God. There is a place that you reach in Jesus Christ, especially as I will scripturalize you later on this avenue. And you, you come to... Do something different with your brain, something different with your your uh, link to the mind, and and you actually um, develop a residence, so that this residence has rooms and living space and thinking space, breathing space, and it becomes a really important factor in overcoming and a really important factor of allowing the Holy Spirit to move in you and to govern you so that you can follow in the footprints of the Master it is a beautiful thing and a gorgeous thing and a wondrous thing when a person comes to that time in their life that there is a residence in your mind And this person of this residence in his mind, he's called in the Bible Gabriel, and he is called a man of God because he has taken a physical body, and with the appearance of of humans, and he is... uh, described in in as an archangel of the cherubims, uh, you might want to read about him in Daniel chapter eight verse sixteen Daniel chapter eight verse sixteen gabriel g a b r i e l now, on a certain occasion, this angel in the form of a man appeared to me a second time. I have told you the story. Of how, the angel Gabriel appeared uh, to me in a in a trailer, and it was like a light curtain. Uh, actually, um, I have always been reluctant to describe every aspect about that curtain, but it almost had little little small uh, uh, licks. Uh, tongues of fire uh, that were very, very uh, small, but they were all along the the aspect of that curtain. And there was an orange strain that went through that. And uh, I actually have never told that before. But it is so connecting to some of the things that I want to say before this teaching is finished that we are into from this wondrous book the seven thunders before genesis i established the before genesis thing last week and you people that might be on the broadcast listening for the first time will need to if i may suggest it go back and also hear the previous broadcast so that you have continuity of the teaching and you have the substantiation of the scriptures now on this second occasion, uh, it was different than the first occasion, and this is when uh, I was told the story of the Yahshua seeing stone. Now, I I intermingle. I trade off using uh, Yahshua with Joshua because they actually mean one and the same thing. That is not some great revelation. Most scholars uh, are totally into that we go on now this story is very deep and profound I will relate it to you the best I can at this time there exists an ancient stone once possessed by an ancient people this stone is called the Yahshua stone it is the stone of seven eyes or as it may be said the stone of seven thunders because the seven eyes in the book of Revelations are also the seven thunders. Revel- check it out in Revelations 10, verses 1 through 4. It is said that whosoever can communicate with this stone can come to know all mysteries. It is the stone of high vision. Check with Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. It is the stone that opens the when. That atoms of solid matter unfold into the streamlines of amtricity and the circuits of spirituality are manifested. It is the needle's eye. Check out Luke eighteen twenty-five. Now, that is such a mouthful of deliberate things that are so possessing as to a relationship with the mysteries of God. When we hear things like this, it should make a person's heart thump with joy and a person's eyes gleam with anticipation because these are moments when the sound of the mighty rushing winds of the Holy Spirit are pouring out into the ears of whosoever hath an ear, let him hear. This ancient stone is sometimes called two stones. Sometimes it is called one stone. Because depending how you use it, depending how you look at it, depending how the unction advises you, it is what leads you to an understanding that's different than just some of the common things that people have thought of. Now, in the book of of the Bible, there are all kinds of very interesting things. But in the Old Testament, it talks about the stones that were 12 stones And each stone represented one of the tribes of Israel. And it became part of what was worn on Aaron's chest as part of the breastplate, part of the breastplate. And that is a very important factor because, incredibly, what is beautiful about the Bible is that it is commences from Genesis with building blocks and word upon word, chapter upon chapter, verse upon verse, page upon page, book upon book, it builds the staircase that is ultimately leading upwards to touch to touch the glories of God. So, as we look at this, as we think about it, and we think about this single stone that is two stones, or many stones, seven stones, one of the kinds of stones that it is, and we'll be reading about this, is the Urim and Thummim which has been interpreted the perfection of lights. We know the Bible says that God is the father of lights. And I always thought that was a magnificent and beautiful verse. And I can almost guarantee you, there will never, never be anything that could ever change my mind from believing that. So, this Sherman Thummim, we're going to talk more about it, but I'm just making you aware of it as I get into this um, understanding of the third eye, because we're talking about communication, and we're talking about being able to know all mysteries, we're talking about high vision, we're talking about the, the stone that opens the wind, that even... It's involved in the physical genome of atoms and solid matter. And we're talking about that which unfolds into the streamlines of amtricity, which is the electric, so to speak, of God, and the circuits of spirituality being manifested. And finally, in this first little portion here, that I quote it from out of Luke 1825, "The needle's eye." Now, what is so necessary about the needle's eye? Your body cannot fit through the needle's eye. You cannot fit through the needle's eye with your body, your mortal body. But there is a 50% part of you that can fit through the needle's eye. And that 50% part of you that can fit through the needle's eye is your spirit. 50% of you can fit through. And because that 50% of you is the real you, is the eternal you, then it is also the you and if you pass through the needle's eye with your spirit then your body will not have to pass through it because the body without the spirit is dead and the body will end up being there just walking around the situation and being there because your spirit opened the path. Now the needle's eye, it would seem to be so difficult, a thing to do because everybody relates it as being a big hunk of, of solid body with all of its densities and flab and somehow being able to go through a needle's eye that barely you can fit a thread through. But when you understand that when the spirit passes through it, then that actually accentuates a dematerialization of the body so that the body just reappears to envelop the spirit on the other side of the needle. Now there's a very spiritual attribute to that. And there's a knowledge to that. And there's a way of understanding that many, many of the things that we confront, that when we try to resolve it by using our physical mentality, our physical strength, our physical logic, our physical gifts and talents, that no matter how necessary those are, and how great in our mind that they are, in all practicality and all reasonability, The all things that are possible with God is more to the aspect of having the knowledge of how to do something. When you have not the knowledge, then when something happens that you have not the knowledge of, it is a miracle. But when you have the knowledge and you act it out, it's not a miracle. It's just an actuation. Blessed be the name of God. And God is moving his people into actuations because the potentiations are there. And there's so many of them in the landscape of mentality that have never been conquered. It's like the great knot that none of the other conquerors and and commanders could ever figure out how to to cut not or how to to open the knot until Alexander the Great came along, and he just took his sword and he just cut it through and opened it that way. Sometimes people don't think of doing anything like that because they are in such a rut that belongs to the constipation of regular of regular uh, idiosyncrasy that they can't coordinate anything new because they are into colors that are drab that they have become associated with and they believe that those are the right colors they're supposed to be associated with. But when God begins to renew your mind and renew your attitude and move you up into spiritual mindedness and into that third eye vision your whole attitude will change your whole consensus will change blessed be the name of God yes there is a time that the stone will open the wind so many times people say I, I just don't know when God wants me to do this I, I don't know when we're supposed to make this certain move or when we're supposed to begin preaching these certain things And there's a great, uh, you know, a a great concern uh, that never seems to get uh, resolved because of this not knowing. Uh, I don't know when Jesus Christ is coming. I I hear from some of the evangelistical uh, people that he's going to be coming now any day and the world's going to end any day, and so maybe I shouldn't go to college, and maybe I should quit my job, and just sit around here at the house and and pray and wait for the coming of God before the end of the world. And people get tied up into those false demeanors and false pseudo-ideas. Pseudo and false, of course, meaning the same thing. So, as we look at this, as we think about this, as we fashion this, as we mold it, as we construct it, as we put it into the thunder of God's consensus and God's moving will in our life, the when does not become an obstruction to us. Because when belongs to time. And in God, there is no time. And when you reach that place in God that there is no time, you have no recognition for it. Someone says, oh, you mean we don't go to work on time? We don't send our our kids to school on time? That's not what we're talking about. We understand the practicality of certain things that are relative. Going to school, going to work, certain things like that, they have their relativity. But there are other things that apply to spirituality that should never have been applied to spirituality because in spirituality there is no time. But people are trying to apply physical things to spiritual things and when they do, it doesn't work. It does not work. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. Okay, we're going to turn the page. It is page 18. Now we start with the second paragraph in the dark print. In a vision of the night, when I, manifester was deep in slumber, there was opened in my mind memories of my third eye experience. I was just reading an advertisement, in which they were advertising some new fabled concept: how that you could actually, by listening to these certain tapes, or uh, or, or and using certain uh, exotic uh, perfumes uh, to in like an incense, very light into the room, uh, could actually affect your DNA and your mind uh, and it would euthanize you and, and it would actually even help your intelligence to expand while you were sleeping. Well, uh, I'm not going to really get into commenting on, on all of those uh, hush pu- puppies. Uh, they're good for feet but I don't know that they're good for uh, for things like brain power. But, but um, uh Here's what I will say, that when you start talking about the moving of the Spirit in God, and you start talking about what God can do, now you're into a spiritual compound. And when you get into that spiritual compound, then you are talking about reality. Because God can open your mind, even while you are sleeping. And in fact, the Bible tells us that he does that. In Job it says, in the night when a person is asleep. He speaks once, yea, twice, yea, thrice he speaks. And and he puts in this instruction. He puts in this knowledge. That's that's in the Bible. It's the Word of God. God does do that. He can open our minds. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful to have that experience, you know, uh, more frequently, more often? Well, you know, everything is a contagion. If you desire it, it draws on that spirit to come and and contagious not in the sense of passing on a sickness, but in the sense of good belongs to good and spiritual belongs to spirit and the word of God belongs to the things of God and there are divine relationships and divine ratios and divine insights that belong together. So it was the story of the Urim and Thummim numbers twenty seven twenty one and you know I won't have the time to read all these scriptures, but you should certainly take the time to write these scriptures down, uh play back the tapes, get the scriptures down, and look them up numbers twenty seven twenty two talks about the the, the Joshua Stone, the Yeshua Stone, the Yirmim, um, the Yirm and Thummim can speak by three levels by inscriptions in the stones that give you a yea or an A when revealed by a certain position of the stones compare revelation sixteen thirty three or by the flashing in its crystal that speaks revelation or by impressions of rays that can communicate. With entities of this earth and entities of heaven. Now, what is the advantage of the yerm and thummim? You know, people say, well, you know, we don't need that now. Uh, You know, we have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost tells us what to do. I know people have this idea that's actually a false idea that the Holy Ghost um, was not uh, operating until uh, after the days of Jesus Christ. That is a misnomer. That is not true. You can find in the Bible that before Jesus ever breathed on the disciples that John the Baptist, as well as Mary, the mother of Jesus, that those babes were both born with the Holy Spirit. And you can find the Holy Spirit operating uh, through God's prophets and and, uh, being very powerful in the Old Testament. But what the scripture is really referring to is that the Holy Spirit was not generally poured out. It was far more specific and far more limited uh, to particular individuals. After Jesus came, he opened the heavens, he opened the graves, he made these things available to the whole world. And, And all people had to do was was present themselves in a certain fashion uh uh and they 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 could they could be able to uh have the experience so so that was what it was about and and that is important to know because otherwise uh people just get more and more mixed up as they try to talk about it now uh it talks about in the old testament uh throwing the Urim and Thummim down into the lap and rolling it into the lap and then it telling the story. This is when the um <clears throat> insignias that were on the um the Yurman uh were of the nature that when the yerman thummum uh would land uh and there was two two of these, uh and you know, you could say that in a certain way, you know, they almost looked like dice. Uh, But remember, Dice didn't precede the Urim and Thummim. Uh, The Urim and Thummim preceded Dice. And we found that even in the Old Testament, (coughs) in the days of Esther, (coughs) pardon me, there was a thing called Piram, and it was not the true Urim and Thummim type of thing. It was sort of a man-made kind of Urim and Thummim, but did not have the, the ordination of God behind it. And uh people would go by that and make lots of mistakes. But the Urim and Thummim, you know, is a is a very divine thing and what it allows is that let's say for instance in the days of uh of um Moses when they were uh, uh, there was twelve tribes and they were giving uh, out land uh to the different uh different tribes. Well it would be very, very uh, uh simple and easy for these people to feel that they had been uh, mistreated, that, that that there was an unfair distribution, uh, maybe a favoritism uh, by Moses, and they, and he was giving out uh, this land to the tribe that he wanted to have it, and then given another piece of, of land that maybe wasn't as desirable to those that that particular person that was hoping to get this other land that they did not get. Um, but the Yerman Thummim resolved all that because, you know, the Yerman Thummim, uh is totally an action that cannot be affected by a human. And so when the Yerman Thummim were rolled rolled into the lap or onto a, a table, special table, uh, and then the uh, the insignias came up, uh, it would either say yes or it would say no. Or sometimes if it didn't say yes or no, it would just mean that the Yerm Thummim was not talking. So I can speak authoritatively on this subject because uh, some many, many years ago God revealed to us a urim and thummim, and we had a urim and thummim, and we still do, and we used it for years and years and years, uh, for for guidance. Some people would say, "Well, you know, the urim and thummim wasn't wasn't in the New Testament." Oh, yes, it was. the The urim and thummim were called the perfect lot, and when uh, Peter uh, drew attention to the disciples, and the people that were in the upper room praying. That he thought they were not going to be able to get this Holy Spirit, that uh, there was there was something blocking the unity, and he felt what was blocking the unity was the scripture which we'll be reading later, in the Old Testament, that said that Judas, uh, that his bishoprics would be replaced, and and that it would that uh, there would be another person that would take his his place. And he felt that uh, they had to elect another person. And they elected two different persons, and then they, they took and they used uh, a lot. Uh, and with this perfect lot, which was their Urim and Thummim, they got the answer that I think it was Matthias was to be the one chosen to take the place of Judas. And that way there could continue to be 12 disciples, because that was an important number. So the the Urim and Thummim has been used, and it is a very powerful spiritual thing. It can be misused. And so uh, it's very, very important who is involved with that, and and, and, and that the Holy Spirit is connected so that it is not uh, a man action. But it is a Holy Spirit action. So the Yurm and Thummim is no small thing. And uh uh you know, and, and the thing with the stones is so important. Uh the name Selah that David used in his Psalms. He would say a Psalms and then he would say Selah. Sometimes the name Selah was part of the Psalms, other times it was not part of the Psalms, uh other times it was actually part of the verse. But um Those are all very, very important things to understand. And uh, so it it just adds a lot of knowledge as a person begins to get into this. Okay. Now, um, we read that the Yerm and Thummim can speak in three levels. Those are are different levels uh, of the Yeram and Thummim. We had this first level, and the Lord had told me that the day would come when I would go into like the middle east uh and oh, I can say that representing me you know as as my ministry is represented, someone would do this and um and I remember I had this dream, and i dreamed i went over like sort of in the egypt area and and uh and and in the uh and Israel area and some of those areas, and I met this very old man, and when this man saw me, he came up to me and he said, we have been waiting for you a very long time, and we wondered if you were going to make it or not. So um, it was really quite a dream, and it left quite an impression on me, and it made me even revere you know the calling of the Ye and Thummim, the perfection of lights, so goes along with the teachings of Paul when he says, "Lay in not again the the principles of the foundations of the doctrines of Christ, but let us go on to perfection. Uh, this idea of seeking perfection uh, of being holy as God is holy uh, is an is an evidence uh, of of trust in God." Uh, that when a person trusts in God with their their whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, uh, then the power of God takes over and begins to function and work in miraculous ways for that person. Praise be the name of God. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, we talked about that last week and we can't spend a lot of time with that today, but the Ark of the Covenant, the purpose of the Ark of the Covenant was mainly... For the protection of the Urim and Thummim, the Urim and, Urim and Thummim went inside the Ark of the Covenant, and it was to pre- protect it. Even though it was, a, it was much, much smaller than the Ark, it was it, it was a sacred item, and it was to go into this uh, in, incredibly elaborate Ark covered with gold, and, and and quite heavy to move. Had to be handled. Uh, with staves and and moved by several men at, at you know uh, 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 and done a certain way so uh this this revelation is a really big revelation and uh it 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 has a lot to do with the third eye it has a lot to do uh with the meaning of Sila. uh it 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 is profound and it is sacred and those articles were sacred now um in this verse that we started with, if you go down to the the, uh, the next paragraph, when the priest of the temple knew that the ark of the covenant and the holy oracle, in this case we're calling it the Urim and Thummim, but sometimes the holy Ar- oracle was actually even the place where the where the ark would go, like the holy of holies, was also called was also called um, an oracle. But the word oracle could fit and apply to a lot of different things. The holy oracle, the Urim and Thummim of the, of the holy oracle spot, the holy place, might be seized and destroyed by often invading enemies of Israel, such as the Babylonians. And you can check that out in Second Chronicles 36, 17 through 21. They were determined to hide the ark of the Lord and the profound sacred articles. So it was the sons of Zadok and the priests would not uh, hide all of the holy items, just the most sacred of them. They were careful to leave many of the silver and gold vessels, least to become apparent to the invaders that the priest had hidden the most valuable sacred items. Because remember, many of these were covered with silver, with gold, uh, and with precious metals. And then I read to you last week uh, this other part of the three different kinds of arcs uh, there certainly is uh you know more to to talk about on that, but um we we've got to sort of move on because uh let's so go to page twenty and we'll go down to the second paragraph. Then Jeremiah the prophet said to the ark priest, "We are surrounded by enemies, and behold Nebuchadnezzar and his Babylonians are coming to war with us." There is no safe place in Jerusalem above or below the ground any longer. Also, the close proximity of the sacred mountains about Jerusalem of the prophets will be suspect as a hiding place. Let us disguise the relocation process of the ark as a funeral, and let us take it to the further away from Jerusalem mountain where Noah's ark was built. Then the priest, with great secrecy, carried the ark of the of, uh, to the mount uh, called Herman or to the mount to Mount Hermon, and finding an inset that was once a lion's den, they purified it and made it uh, to be a hallowed place, and sealed the ark and the most holy articles into the inset, giving the giving the hiding-place a, a natural Outer appearance. Now, Mount Hermon um, has some beautiful, beautiful scriptures about it, and it's told told in uh, the Old Testament um, as being a place where the the covenant of life begins. And this is because Mount Hermon had its part uh, in the Garden of Eden, and uh, there is a very interesting. A fulfilling story uh, about that, which I won't get into today, because that's a, a major subject. Um, but uh, so they took it. They took it uh, to um, Mount Hermon, which it says here, uh, down to the third paragraph. Uh, Mount Hermon's other name is Zion, S I O N, which can also be spelled Zion, Z or Z I O N check out deuteronomy 448 and psalms 3. there is also a mount zion near jerusalem and there is a city of zion but mount hermon was the old original zion s i o n or z or z i o n the original mountain was not only considered holy but was also named conjointly with the holiest of experiences and expectations Look at Psalms 133.3. Clearly being part of the promised land, Genesis 15.18, and clearly being destined to be used as the storehouse, Deuteronomy 28.8, for sacred articles. So then, Scripture connects why Mount Hermon was chosen for the secret hiding place of the Ark of the Lord. Not, under, not everyone understood that the Urim and Thummim, although two stones, was considered one stone and one source of spiritual light. Also, the Urim and the Thummim had been given to Moses as a token sign, Exodus 3.12, by the Arturians, the offspring of Enoch, living in outer space on the planet Artura, Check out Job thirty eight thirty two. The outer planet Artura is the same as the Father's house. Once Moses met these Arturian messengers and examined their Zith spacecraft, which had settled on the ground in the midst of the bushes, ex- Exodus one or pardon me, Exodus three verses one through six, and had seen rays shooting up like flames upward from the craft he could never be the same again now in a miv manifest in, uh, version translation i showed that some of the words in the verse where the burning bush uh is put into the king james uh english how that in a manifest translation it it showed it actually to to be a a spacecraft and um um I'm sure that that teaching, sometime sooner or later, will be coming around, and you'll get a chance to, to see all those translations, and how interesting that that is. But it was a translate. It was a. It was a spacecraft that landed there, and 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 it was you know divine uh, entities that uh, met there with with Moses, and it was the beginning of a highly uh, deep. A spiritual connection with Moses in a person-to-person kind of way, like angel to to Moses. Uh, even uh, Christ uh, is recognized by some of the the greatest Bible scholars as having appeared in the Old Testament uh, as an angel, uh, as the angel that redeemed me, and and many other such scriptures and that um that uh, in the 16th chapter of of uh the book of um of mark where it speaks of jesus appeared in in other forms that uh this is just a, a method that is used by uh individuals who have that capability of of uh you know uh, translation and uh it is uh extremely Fruitful of the mind, and interesting to the mind uh, to even imagine such things, because it's quite beyond the level that the scientific world in our time has reached, but uh, these things are very, very interesting, and when we start getting into these artersions which are which are actually the um <clears throat> the the uh, children are the progeny of Enoch uh, who were taken before the flood. Uh, to uh, the planet Artura, and uh, if you're looking in the in the book here, uh, it 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 it, uh, it has um, uh, all kinds of information. Uh, in number twelve down down in your lexicon area. Uh, sometimes Artura was spelled Arctura, and that's a very very interesting spelling. Uh, a planet in Ursa Minor, associate, associated name-wise to Ursa Major, and indirectly associated to the star Arcturus, conjointly described with Mesorath, uh, and, or as some say, the Zodiac, and by certain interpretation of the Scriptures, as having cubs or sons. Uh, Scriptures from two Bible versions give references as follow. Canst thou bring forth Mazuroth uh, in his season, or canst thou guide Arturus with his sons? Um very, very interesting uh you know, uh things to look at, to study. Uh it it's um, it is no doubt, uh you know, no doubt uh exciting and beautiful as people get their minds you know <clears throat> in this last few days uh we've had some real verifications of the pearls of writ book that we're getting ready to make available uh for people uh, that are interested in it it is it is an absolutely exquisitely beautiful book um it is a um a masterpiece really uh, and it's it's like uh you know uh it's not like the size of the seven thunders book is more like you know like a table book uh, but uh, just today I was speaking with the artist who put the pictures in there and he says well I don't want to refer to it he says as a table book because it's too exquisite it's too spiritually divine to even make such a comparison because there is energy in this and um, uh, you know the um, uh people have had dreams and shared it with us that they saw multitudes of people buying this book um, the um another another person uh when the bo- when the books came in and they were in uh you know boxes and boxes and boxes and before they had been moved in, you know in, inside uh a fellow observed them and he he could feel something he didn't understand and he, he questioned what 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 is this because he didn't know what it was that he was feeling and then the the gentleman said uh well this this is a special book and um so he said could, could i could i see it and he opened the book and showed it to this uh, fellow who had inquired and this fellow says i want that book can i buy that book so he bought a book. This is before we could even get it into, like, the the warehousing. And um, then uh, a person that was involved with the printing of the book um, uh, called Razuli and said, uh, I uh, am one of the chief uh, uh, designers here with this printing company, and um, I have read this book, and I'm so amazed And profoundly affected by this book i want to cancel my eighteen hundred dollar charge for my part in the printing company here that that i was going to charge i don't want to charge it i want to just cancel it because i have already received more value more value than that eighteen hundred dollars could even possibly attend to and there's just been all kinds of of other things that have have happened uh we could I can just go on with other stories just you know one after another uh it it is it's just amazing um one of the persons that um just recently read this book that had a chance to get a little preview of it uh, just got profoundly involved with the uh the Artergia, the father's house revelation and had a profound experience uh and felt that it was like almost an out of body experience uh, uh trafficking to this to this orange planet and 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 experiencing uh these these people and the, and and how they lived and uh it it was just incredible to be told this uh then today uh you know i i got a call from rasuli and he had in his office four individuals that are high 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 up in the rungs uh, uh and they are they are famous people they are well known people i won't name their names but i'm telling you they are famous people and and uh they have been involved in in making movies they have been involved in in many many top selling books uh they're involved with uh one of them with a university and and uh alternate energies uh just all kinds of things it's outstanding but this one person in particular who who is a is a famous um, uh you know uh, uh, literary um uh you know person that uh, uh helps people get their books published helps people uh you know get their books uh, out to the public um he had heard this thing about the planet and about uh, the, uh, the Father's house planet and the description of it being an orange planet and he had had an experience years ago that he's never been able to get out of his mind and all the years that have gone by since that time he has not had an occasion to ever hear anybody ever say anything or use a term like that, but when he heard that term, the orange planet, he said to Mr. Rizzulli, he said, I am interested. What is that about? I have personal reasons. I I need to know what you are talking about. So uh, Rizzulli said, well, let's get on the telephone and I'll let you talk to Jerry Lee. and. He'll tell you about this orange planet. So these four people were there on, you know, uh, and had a loudspeaker on the phone. And I began to tell them these things about Artursia and and the Father's house. And I began to share with them some of these incredible things. And uh, uh, they were just so absolutely caught up and interesting and made it very clear they want to get back to me uh there's 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 a future connection here that uh is probably going to be very very well placed in the future of this ministry uh it's all in the hands of god but you know the spirit uh is going to pass through the needle's eye and the body is going to follow around the other side so praise be to the name of god for the way the spirit of god is moving already with this this new book uh, that is going to go out, and um, and I'm not trying to sales pitch it. Don't buy it at all if you have any question, you know. But you will be the one missing out because this this book is is packed with energy. It's got glow power in it. It's got merging power in it, and um, you know it's something, and it's beautiful. The the cover. Uh, is magnificent. The it's a hard, book, you know, case book, and it's beautifully, magnificently put together in in a way that uh, was really by the spirit. And when you see this book, if you've only bought one, you'll probably feel repentant to yourself that you didn't buy enough of these to give out to your family and to your friends, because it is something. That is like one of a kind, and it's something that's beautiful that that almost everybody would rely, would like to look at for the, for the art, and for the the beautiful uh, you know uh, tapestry of of, of language. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say about that. But I'm only saying it not because of the book, uh, and and the idea of selling it, but I'm saying it because of the spirituality that is so uh, much of an ornament. Uh, to that book. Okay, so now we need to move on and uh we're gonna come to the <clears throat> next um episode here. Um we're still on page twenty one, the second paragraph down, the Yerman uh Yerman Thumm was called the Yahshua stone, the Joshua stone, the prophecies in Ezra two 63 and Jeremiah seven sixty-five stated that before those of the tribe who had lost their registry during captivity could be restored to Israel's registry a priest must need stand up with the Yerm and Thummim Jesus knew well he was the one who should anoint the new priest as Moses had anointed Aaron to be the uh, procurator of the Urim and Thummim Jesus also knew the Yerman Thummim was hidden on Mount Hermon. (coughs) Jesus, of course, spoke of the Key of David. And uh, there's just many, many connections that happened on the Mount of Transfiguration, which was on Mount Hermon. Now let's turn to page 23. The Yerman and the Thummim, the Yerman and the Thummim is the crystal sea symbolically described in the Bible. Crystal symbolically represents the Urim and Thummim, while C symbolically represents people or destinata who were and are followers of the song, the perfection of lights, of Moses and the Lamb, the innocent Jesus. Revelations fifteen two through 3, and Revelations 4, and verse 6. The crystal stones of the Urim and the Thummim were a work of advanced intelligent design, even as the manna was a work of advanced intelligent design. Exodus sixteen, fourteen through thirty five. The Yerman Thumm is also known as the holy path or the holy grail. The term grail is a poetic term for sand, gravel, or stones of the path. So when Jesus said I am the way, the truth and the light, John fourteen six and John eight twelve, those words, the way, the truth, and the light, describe the three levels of the yerm and the thummim, and also, of course, incorpor- incorporated the stones of the path. The disciples used the perfect lot of yerm and thummim uh, for the replacement of the disciple Judas. Uh, you can read that in Acts 23 through 26. Thereafter, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, the other sacred uh, items were taken to the planet Artura, the planet named after Arturus, the star, certain Arabs and knowing persons of ancient times called heaven See revelations twelve or pardon me see revelations eleven twelve nineteen and job thirty eight thirty two uh in revelations, it tells that the Ark of the Covenant is in heaven, been taken to heaven. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, that's just Bible. Wow. The children of Israel, were down about the third paragraph. Children of Israel, we're on page 23, who followed Moses could not perceive the revelation of the extraterrestrials. See Psalms 106.7 and Deuteronomy nine four. Nor could they understand that the manna they ate for 40 years was in fact angel's food. Psalm seventy-eight twenty-five. No natural food exists on earth that follows weekly sabbaths, and that are so potent that the its energies through the body pores could give protection to the clothing and the and the shoes as it did, for the Israelites whose clothing and shoes they wore did not wear out during the forty years they ate the manna. See Deuteronomy twenty-nine five. The extraterrestrial revelation still remains a topic of vast ignorance in humans. And there has been for ages a cover-up of the events. Wow. There have been miraculous things of these people that are not of this world. Of angels that designed this manna so that it would recognized the sabbath <clears throat> and the people just they couldn't get it they couldn't put it together it just was over their heads and and there were several cases in which they did not want to talk face to face with god they they wanted moses to intervene <clears throat> they were they were afraid they had fear and and you know there's a certain amount of understanding of that Because some of the events that happened were very awesome. There is no doubt about that. No doubt about it. Okay. Um, Last paragraph of of page 25, or 23, rather. uh, Jesus was taken up and carried in a zith, a spacecraft used by the cherubim, seraphim, Luke 24, 50 through 51, and Acts 1 through 11, and called in ancient times a chariot, 2 Kings two eleven, 11. The ziths, zz, or zz, I-T-H-S, of the cherubim and the seraphim travel faster than, but likened to, a television signal. However, the whole craft and its furnishing and its occupants are put into atomic sizing, then into atomic inversion, then phototranslate it to the point of destination, John fourteen two through 4 The most apparent idea compared to this that humans have at this time diddled, diddled with is called atomic entanglement. The main difference of the cherubimic and seraphimic concept as compared to the human concepts of atomic entanglement is space shrinkage and the fusion of dark energy into the equation? <clears throat> these energies, under these angels, understand that the unification of all energies was wound into the soundtron, which acted as the intracentrum of electromagnetic energy. Many persons of the past and present have searched for the holy grail, the the the, the uh, gravel. The path, thinking it is a chalice or some blood relic, or or concept. Of course, in one sense, it could be applied by saying Christ is called the way. John fourteen six, and the and the path to life, Psalms one nineteen, thirty three through thirty five, the way of the tree of life incorporates eating the fruit of the tree of life in order to have eternal life. Jesus Christ said except you eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no life in you compare John 6:53 through 55 in this sense the holy grail does incorporate the metaphor of a chalice in which uh, in which is held the blood of Christ compare Matthew 26:26 through 29 throughout the course of history New terms and new words have been introduced after the event to enlarge, better, uh, and uh, to enlarge, uh, better describe, and to metaphor real happenings. It would be ill advised to delete or harness every such introduction or interpretation. Revelation is a continuum. The highest revelation for the term Holy Grail would be connected to an interpretation of the Yerman Thumbstones as the path of the perfection of lights. Such a term would detail many attributes of truth about the revelation of the origins of angels and the revelation of our Tersians. When the day of space age is fully opened and this truth will be believed, a prophecy that is of Jeboah says, as man looks into space, he will see his own face. These are the other sheep spoken of in the Bible John ten sixteen and Isaiah fifty six eight. Artura is the far country Mark twelve one, Mark thirteen, um, Mark thirteen thirty four, and Matthew twenty five fourteen, Luke twenty nine, and Hebrews eleven fourteen through sixteen. Let me repeat those. Mark twelve one mark 13:34 matthew 25:14 luke 29 and hebrews 11:14 through 16 the archurgians progeny of enoch sometimes called watchers have visited the earth many times now we know that there are a lot of people out there on the internet that have fastened in their brain the idea that all watchers are evil But that is just not true. It is just not true. Uh, There are good watchers and there are bad watchers. Okay. The Arterian progeny of of Enoch, sometimes called watchers, have visited the earth many times. Jeremiah 4.16. However, not all of the references to watchers refer to Arterians. Additionally, there are the cherubim guardians who are good watchers, Matthew 18.10, and there are the mantis watchers, Revelation 9.3, who are creations of the convoluted side. (coughs) The mantis creations of convolution, Lucifer, Satan, are located in deep space and fly spacecraft called Zams. Now we've talked uh, in the past in some of my broadcast teachings and um i think that um on my teachings about um the whisper of satan i brought up some of these um points and how that um there are limitations placed which is very clear in the in, throughout the bible uh, especially in the book of Revelations, upon Satan. He can only do certain things. Now, uh, sometimes when I will make a statement and I'll speak about it a certain time and I'll say this is a condition and this is the way it is at this time, then other people will think that that means that it's forever that way, that it's going to never be, uh, change. I, I'm not saying that. Sometimes we go through you know a a dispensation of time and during that dispensation of time those limits are in force but after that dispensation of time those limits could change and then these other other forces could then become more active to the point where they're not active now so um, someone might say well then how does uh, Satan do the work that he seems to be able to be doing. Well, a lot of the work that Satan does, he does it without physically uh, um, doing some of these things. Now, we know that his his uh, his angels, which were the cherubim that were co owned with him, uh, that they are active on earth as demons. But there are other kinds of things uh, of creation of his uh, which he calls his family uh you know uh, like the mantis and um and also later in, into the Gog and the Magog that um <clears throat> there are limits that are placed on him limits of uh of locations and limits of time and um but we're going to uh don't lose your place Uh, page 25 we'll come back to it but i'm getting concerned here because i have so much to to get into and i'm running out of time but i want to skip uh over here to an example uh in one of the universes that is um just uh, very interesting it's in the second thunder which means the second universe and it's on page 171 and um um A.B., a theorist in vector spaces, was next to flash onto the track viewer screen. Then he gets recognized, and he says, I am puzzled as to why my honorable fellows, Jams and May Reka, seem to insist that the blip force... Now, the blip force is this very puzzling, powerful force that has appeared uh, in a part of the universe where these particular people are in this second uh, universe, and uh, uh, they recognize it as a powerful force that could threaten their planet and their lives. And uh, they have their scientists working on it, they're trying to figure out uh, the source and uh, and you know just exactly what's going on, and I think this is a perfect example of how that Satan can be in out in space send delusions into the earth, and that those messages can be sent into the minds, just like where in Job. God speaks into people's minds while they slumber once, twice, thrice. Uh, Satan then has the opportunity, because of the parallel opportunity, to do the same thing. (coughs) So then some of these people consider those happenings to have actually happened to be an actual real thing. I have actually seen experiences with that in which people... uh, Uh, actually have been affected in their memory to believe that certain things have happened that actually did not happen except delusionally. Delusionally they happened, but they didn't actually literally happen. Well here we are dealing with this force called the blip. And uh, this blip force, uh, he goes on to say, although unique, it's still proposition to have evolved within the confines of confines of our dimensional space now the scientists <clears throat> of that time were all configuring that what they had spotted and what they had uh you know uh put together in their configurations was something that existed within the domain within the dimensions of their space but this particular uh uh, uh scientist who was a theorist in vector spaces, uh, he's challenging that view. He says, I posit that no matter how many mathematical operations of extracting roots to create dimensions are used, we are dealing with a dimensionless state of negative energy. What I want to know is how these invaders have mastered being able to suspend the laws of super repulsion and super attraction. There seems to be, in my way of thinking, some kind of ghostly uh, imbrication that is stretching its own dimensions in space, and for sure dimensions quite different than what we have ever defined as a dimension. Thus, by stretching of other dimensions in space, our space shrinks, allowing allowing travel to be achieved as faster-than-light speeds because vector magnitudes are merged. It is also possible that Blipforce force has achieved the capability of using energy that turns back any attempt to observe it, such as by observing it, uh, a false report is abstracted to the sender's probes. The effect would be that an image was created that seemed to be to us as a source of light uh, from a great distance, therefore creating a false presentation of that actual reality. In another proposition, but of similar misleading configuration, the proposed intelligent energy uh, being, being is a ki- is, uh, in a kind of osmosis state is tested as though being composed of a dimensional membrane which can pass through our world because of the membrane's capability to make all structures su- uh, super uh, permeable. However, in the process of analysis, it is actually discovered that, re- the, that the reported result is not what it is, but what is shown to be what is not. In other words, when you really find out the total facet of the understanding of this blip force, what it seems to appear to be upon analytical uh, study is not what it is. It's actually somewhere else coming from from. You know a a a different position, a different state in in a different realm the perhaps the blip force being within a dimension unlike our dimensions has a different coordinate system to the point a negative vector, a pseudo vector may equate to an abstract scholar. now, an abstract scholar for you that need to know there is a a reference down at the bottom of the page uh, as applied to abstract reality where a reflection of space coordinates a reverse vector however since certain components of the vector do not change uh uh you know uh signs uh, um signs a title is a, a is a pseudo vector okay now i know that's a little bit tough stuff to to climb into uh first time just bear with me um Consequently, such a vector would not have the seg- segment segments of common sequential depiction, but rather being of variating uh, parameters would alternate with a matrix to an inverse matrix of self-interactive functions. Based on this kind of, of insight, the blue force la- lattice masses would be in a constant state of lattice, non-lattice transformation <coughs> Excuse me. For example, a closely packed uh, hexo- hex- hexagonal lattice could modulate to become a vertical atomic line until entering a phase where resonance corresponded as a pertur- perturbation, at which phase it would begin branching into different lattice form. The question here might seem to be of atomic stability, but if the blip force is highly evolved to the point its cognizance can move and live in the fluidity of change, then we are truly dealing with an awesome entity that by diffusion can relocate its consciousness in any form and therefore reduplicate any part of it in that form. Now, that is just a sensational insight here to this thing of how the forces of satan the the forces dark would be able to reconstruct and and would be able to uh you know defend uh its reconstruction against being able to be interpreted by all the means uh, and the uh, manners that it would use uh in in the vectors of space and, and going in and out of uh dimensional mesh Uh, So that the differentiation uh, leaves a trail of confusion, which seems to write a story of something different than the story that really is. And so when you begin to get into this understanding, you see how totally, uh, you know, um, uh, full that it is that it is an exhaustive revelation uh, of deep uh, intrigue and deep intertwining uh, uh, ways of uh, putting together uh, various facets of trickery and deceit and delusion that once begin to know this, you begin to understand why the Bible talks about putting on the armor of God, why that we have to understand that our war is not against flesh and blood but as it says i think in the sixth chapter of ephesians our battle is against the principalities of the darkness of this world so as taught in the teaching uh, of uh you know that i did here just just recently on the whispers of satan uh we really get an insight with this um a blip revelation Uh, as in another universe. Nevertheless, uh, the idea being that those that have been taught and could go into an energy dot, they can go into the information that is written in this other world. Now, I was able to do this by going through Gabriel, who led me into that history of, of these other universes, and I took and I put them in parables because there were so many things in those other universes that could not be explained in in modern day language, because they were things that had advanced beyond anything that is comparable uh, on this Earth, in this universe that we are in right now, to to have comparison to. So so, uh, it is, uh, in a sense, a a parabolic metaphor and and uh, as as to what these these seven thunders or seven universes are and yet they still reveal a lot of truth that can be used for comparative purposes to teach us about the forces dark to teach us about all kinds of other insights into god and revelations to god so <clears throat> um now there's there's still more that that we could read about uh the middle eye which gets into the uh consciousness of the stone and into the 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 seven-eye experiences which i have shared before uh you know on I, I, I my teachings and and I, I i think i want to skip over now to uh page uh, 47 and um We'll start at the top of the page. I'm running out of time. I saw languages pouring down as a humming rain. Four letters of a language flashed on and off like a neon effect. Y-H-V-H. It was a code belonging to the once lost language of Akka, the Manifester. A universe of knowledge and oceans of information are available in the soundron. Y-H-V-H hvh or yhwh the third letter of these four letters is exchangeable you can either use a v or you can use a a, a w now this word yhvh makes no sense unless you add to it the vowels In the old texts of the Hebrew, these letters were put in without vowels. So you had to be able to understand which vowels to put in there. (coughs) It's very, very, very important. Also, sometimes you had to add consonants. So let me show you. Let's look at this YHVH. So you take y h and you add the vowel a in between the y and the h and you get ya and then b is a a, a consonant that stands for and a n d so you got ya and h now it is commonly understood in the hebrew that um sometimes you can have just one consonant and if it's been repeated from before then you can add the consonant you can double it so the y and the h when you add the a to it becomes ya and the v represents and and then the h which is a repeat of the yh in the in the beginning, you have to add the y to it and the the uh, vowel. So you have yaw and yaw. And that is totally uh, proper interpretation, in the sense of the Hebrew ancient uh, text. And so you have what is then called the tetragrammaton. YHVH code and it reveals I am and I am from YHVH meaning YA and YA. Vowel and letter meanings supplied or vowels and consonants supplied. Now, YA and YA means YAVA YA and YAVA YA means YASHAVA and Yahshua. Now, Yahshua is a name for the Lord Jesus, and this other name most people are not aware of, Yahshua, which actually is a term that is extremely interesting. If we go down to the lexicon at the bottom of the page, it means eternal aura, bosom, soul and um there are other things that that the the term can mean uh you know uh there there is no doubt about that but it 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 has the strength of um you know being uh, very versatile in that it also means to swell like the swelling of the breast and uh, and especially how that it swells with you know the milk for the for the child and um so it is um it, it is a, a language uh, metaphor and a language symbolism and uh and what it is actually talking about is the the uh, eternal aura bosom soul now this then uh gets us into the language uh that I have shared with you uh different times uh uh, in the bible in the book of john uh you know in, in the in the book of john uh you know it talks about um uh, the, uh, the 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 father's uh, uh, bosom and then it also talks about abraham's bosom so i'm going to give you those scriptures uh right now so that you you will have them there's two bosoms um there is abraham's bosom mentioned in luke 16:22 and um or pardon me uh yeah abraham's bosom mentioned in luke 16:22 and then in uh, uh, the gospel of john uh, chapter 1 verse 18 it mentions the bosom of the father so we have those two bosoms that are mentioned and this ties into this name Yashava, which means eternal uh, or you know, uh, a bosom uh, soul. And it, it is, it's a reference to the invisible ultimate God. Now, it's very, very important uh, to get the, uh, the, the, the meaning of, of all of this because this thing on the Tetragrammaton is a major revelation to manifest revelation. Absolutely major it is so important that the expansion of this comes into your mind because <clears throat> without this people are missing they are missing half of of the secrecy of the word because they're just saying they're just giving it one i am i am who i am or i am what i am and that is missing you know 50% at least of the revelation but but yah and yah is is absolutely just uh sensational uh in in its sense of of understanding uh you know the, these these kind of uh, very deep and and uh uh you know beautiful revelations so uh i want to um, i wa- i want to you know share some other scriptures with you um, i've i've got um you know some really really neat associated verses. I'm not sure I'm going to have the time today to get to all of them, and we'll just have to finish it. You know next week and then go on. Uh, you know, but but uh, we we have to take these things as they as they come, as we have time. But like um, uh, when we look into the reality of this, uh, where it's yaw and yaw. Uh, We can read in Psalms 45, 7 through 8. Here, the second Elohim is the God of the first Elohim. It's very clear. You can't miss it. Psalms 45, 7 through 8. The the second Elohim is the God of the first Elohim. Um, In Hosea 1 through 7, Elohim number 1 will save Israel by Elohim number 2. That's YAH and YAH. God and God Genesis nineteen twenty four KIV King James Version on all these one Yahweh Jehovah calling for fire to rain down from a second Yahweh. Zechariah two twelve thirteen KIV One Yahweh Jehovah sends another Yahweh Jehovah to perform a special work. Uh, there are so many more scriptures on that. Uh, This thing on the YHVH is not minor. It's used um, as a Bible name more than any other name in the Bible. So this Tetraganetan revelation, I am and I am, uh, in Exodus 3.14, Exodus 3.14, when God was speaking to Moses, (coughs) he said, Go tell Pharaoh, I am and I am. God, uh, as represented, is a major key in understanding the Tetragrammaton, the duality, the Godhead, the Trinity is all part of the God as represented picture, and it's very, very important uh, to to understand that uh, because without uh, getting that understanding, a huge portion of the revelation is just absolutely left out and is missing. So, so then I am, and I am. Yah and Yah, which is the individual I am, God spirit, and the image of God physically, which the Bible says Jesus was the image of God. And so we have the, the Yah and the Yah. Uh, so uh it it is a beautiful story. It is it is a beautiful uh revelation. Uh we could, you know, we could take that into a hundred pages and talk about it. You know, there is a scripture in the Bible. I think at this point is a perfect time to mention this. Uh, I'm going to just, try, I, I'm just gonna try to cover some things here, but I can go pretty fast with it. So maybe in another 10 minutes or, or 15 at the most, I can have it done. But this scripture says, prepare to meet thy God. Now, I think mostly when people think of that verse, they think uh, of a person dying. They think, well, you know, I, I need to prepare to meet God because I'm going to die, or some ter- terrible tragedy. But I think that that is probably the least essential way of uh, of looking at it or understanding it. Uh, I think that, um, you know, uh, an unknown God is a barrier. When you don't know God, then you ha- it's, it's a barrier. So preparing to meet God... Uh, is really stepping up uh, into the scriptures, like Revelations 10:7, uh, the mystery of God uh, finished, uh, where it talks about this experience where the mystery of God is finished. Uh, God does want us to come into the fullness of the word, the completion of the word, you know, and uh, uh, Colossians uh, four, uh, 20, uh, 4 see two through six, uh, the door of utterance. To speak the mystery of God, being able to discover uh, the fire of the Holy Ghost and and uh, syntonic fire, uh, these are you know really important things uh, that we need to uh, to to understand. Knowing these things loosens in the consciousness of man his memory to think the thought and to mind the thought and to move ahead in the way. That should move ahead. We have to understand that in the Bible, in etymology, uh, that there is a relation to the allegorical interpretations. Like, like many given Hebrew names were uh, s- semantically uh, transparent. Like the t- name Ezekiel actually means "Let God uh, let uh, Let God strengthen." Uh, uh, so a name was not just a um, a conventional label uh, it had a message to convey and often there is no interpretation of such truths and this is where we get into the revelation of Akah in which these names that are embedded uh, but they are not known because people just strictly think of them you know as as a star without a name or as a name as a label without a meaning and and uh and and yet there are places and things that are given names <clears throat> that have meanings, and these meanings are a message so uh often there is no interpretation of such truths. And likewise, symbols and metaphors given throughout the Bible, they have to be unlocked. And the right to use symbols and metaphors for spiritual discoveries has to be exercised, or all uh, that has been revealed or made uh, ready to be revealed will continue to remain to be a blur. So, the community, the the, the, the community of essences, uh, writes in the text of Nahum, he rebukes the sea. At that time the sea was Kittim and the the Greek rulers of Syria. So we have to understand application. Sometimes sea does mean people in general, but sometimes it means people specifically. Uh, You know, the power of discovery on the other side of the symbol or the metaphor uh, can be very transfiguring. You know, like uh material light can transform to spiritual life and earthly space can be transformed to spiritual place. The icon image to an idea or a spiritual essence. These these are incredibly you know uh, powerful true things. Now as we, we start thinking about this, uh there is no question as to the possibilities of where God can take us. It is, it is just unlimited. Uh, the deeper insight, a person who knows Christ, uh, by first insight will say Christ is simple, but a person without, <coughs> with whom knows Christ, by the Holy Spirit, will see and, and know things differently. <coughs> um, like in Psalms 97.2, clouds and darkness are around about him. Most people in the simplistic viewpoint would not understand the deep meanings of that. To know Christ by the deeper insight, you must be born above of the Spirit. Sometimes it takes an Abram, uh, Hebrews 11:18. He went out, the Bible says, not knowing where he went. How many people would be willing to do that with your whole family? That's what he did. Sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes when you're, when you're listening to these messages, you say, oh, that's so deep. Oh, that's so hard. Those words are so big. That's so complicated. Yeah, you're doing like Abraham. You're going out, and, and, and you, you don't understand everything that's being said. You don't understand a place that the Spirit is leading you, uh, and, and you know, you're not knowing where you're really headed. Uh, But that's how God led great people. That's how he's leading you with his manifest word. And you stay in there, you're going to find out what these things mean. Just like when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, the promise was different from the Pentecostal event of receiving, but they both had their place and application. Now, in John 14, 9, Uh, jesus said have i been with you have i been so long a time with you and yet you have not known me i think that we could apply that to you know hundreds and hundreds and thousands of christians who have been in this christianity thing who have been in this mode of the traditionalized concepts of religiosity and and know about the name jesus but they don't know the deep of the meaning the deep of the application and and jesus is saying have i been with you all these many years and you don't really know me you don't really have the personal experience with me you know um uh this this is god speaking by the scripture you know he says um uh it is expedient that i go away there are times when you need to feel christ like right in your heart but there are other times that that christ wants you to develop your own wings and you're, you you he knows you're ready for it and 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 you've had your time of leaning on 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 the savior but now he wants you to spread your wings and mount up as eagles and and uh you know i think god is bringing the people to that day this is what is happening right now, in this time in which we live, you know. So, you know, Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, uh, is your birth complete? Is your born-again experience really the fullness of what that means? Are you really, truly born again? Or, or are you still in 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 the womb channel? Have, are you still stuck somewhere in the matrix? You know, God is speaking. God is talking. Uh, hang on here. We'll get this done probably in another five minutes or so. Second Corinthians 3.18 We all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. There is a time of beholding. There is a time of looking into the glass deeply and then finally seeing the glory of God. When you really see what the glory of God is, you will begin to be changed into that same image. The deeper I... You know, insight or reflecting the glory of God is transfiguring the commandment to invert matthew ten twenty seven what I tell you in the darkness that speak you in light, what you hear in the ear that preach upon the housetop the gift of God is the power to to make our visions and prayers uh to be real uh and and then one time in genesis fifteen twelve this was very explicit and very unusual experience. It was a vision, it was a reality type thing that, that Abraham experienced where he. the Bible says, a whore of great darkness fell upon him. Sometimes things like that do happen to God's people who are Christians. A great whore of darkness falls upon you and suspends you in, in a mental uh, apprehension mode in which there is depression and obsessions threatening to come in and take over and to drive you up against that impossible wall of of, of no retreat uh, ladies and gentlemen god is speaking to us and telling us that we can understand all these things and we can overcome them isaiah 40 26 lift up your eyes on high and behold who has created these things even though that horror of darkness might be surrounding you your eyes can be free, can sort of do like the Spirit through the needle's eye by looking up. It escapes the horror of darkness. It looks above you. It looks outside of it. It looks up to the stars. It looks up to places that are free, that are not bound. And that's what you can do, and that's where you can be because you've got these eyes that can look out, these ears that can listen out. Wow, that's what God is, is talking to you. That's what He's, you know, He's speaking to you now. Isaiah twenty-six three. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose imagination is stayed on thee. Is your imagination stayed on, on Christ it, it, or is it in a dormant state? John forty fourteen thirty one, Arise, let us go hence. <laughs> like Isaiah 61, Arise and shine. Uh, Psalms 46, 10, Be still and know that I am God. Get that flesh of yours to stop talking to you all the doubt. Uh, talking to you about the pain, about the I can't take it anymore. Tell us to shut up and be still and know that God is your friend and loves you. Acts 26:19. I was I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. That's what Paul said to Agrippa. And that's what God wants you to be able to say to whoever inquires of the hope that lies within you. I am not disobedient to the heavenly vision. This manifest revelation is a heavenly vision. This insight is a heavenly vision. And God is calling for a people, for a destinata, who will be faithful to this heavenly vision. Praise the name of God. Matthew uh, 5, oh, Revelations 4, 1. Come up hither, and I will show you some things. (laughs) Get up hither, folks. God wants to show you some things. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Wow, Acts nine seventeen, and don't get mixed up on that pure uh, uh, in heart, and think that you got to be a perfect angel. It's just talking about the act of purification. Acts nine seventeen, the Lord has said to me, Thou, sh- thou mayest receive thy sight. And that is what God is saying to you people that say, I just can't understand this. This is too deep. This is too hard. The Lord is speaking to you right now by the Holy Spirit and saying, Receive thy sight and be healed because without a vision, the people perish. We're just about to finish here. And in that day, John 16, 23, you shall ask of me nothing. There's going to come a day, ladies and gentlemen, that you won't have to just keep asking all the time. There's going to come a day that you're going to finally have been imbued with the knowledge of God. Oh, praise God. Second Corinthians 10.5. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Philippians 3.12. Not as though I forget that part already obtained, or either reaching to the mark of the high mark that I were already perfect. There are reasonable allocations. You don't have to be like you're already perfect. You don't have to be like you've already obtained. You can just be like what you are. Finally, three more verses. We know not what we shall pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. James, that was Romans 8:26 and James 4:8. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And Hebrews, or Habakkuk, rather, 2 3, though it tarry, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it. Wow. So beautiful. So precious. All of those things written or inferred in this wondrous book of the Manifest Chronicles. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I still have a few. Seven Thunders books left. And if you're listening in to this teaching and you do not have this book, it's on sale at a really low price. And I'm only saying this, not for the sale of it, but because you should have that book. You can go back and make up for any of the lessons that you didn't have the book and be able to, with your own eyes, read and with your own hands, feel. God wants to bring you through that lady, that, that needle's eye. Now for those people out there who are sick in body, who are in the dreads of a tough place in their health, especially those people that are fighting problems with their nerves and problems with all kinds of arthritic type things in their body. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to the thyroid. Begin to send messages across the neural centers of the frameworks of the hemispheres. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to the thyroid, to the immune system. Begin to send messages through all these operatives. Begin to loosen in the body through the hormone system. The hormones, and the, which are the messengers, begin to tidy up and heal the circuitry for these messages to go into their receptors. Begin to heal these people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. May God bless you. We love you. We love you. God bless you.